The Drive Home with Kenton Dick on Mix 96. I am joined by Juno, breakout artist of the year, J.P. Sachs, who's got a lot of attention this past year for If the World Was Ending, which he wrote and recorded with his girlfriend, Julia Michaels, which is pretty cool. Also releasing a brand new album, Dangerous Levels of Introspection. Now, first off, J.P., obviously, thanks for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, I got to start by asking, just because with COVID-19 restrictions being different everywhere, where exactly are you living these days? Just so I have an idea of what your life looks like. I live in Los Angeles. Okay, sweet. Living in LA right now with the restrictions the way they are, what's life kind of look like these days for you then? The last four days have been unique because we're in the the release of my debut album week. Yeah. So I've been doing things that don't feel normal. But if we were to rewind three months, I am probably still kicking it in my living room playing Bananagrams and watching Jeopardy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Love it. Now, uh, of course, If the World Was Ending, huge hit over the last little while. Sometimes I actually I have to remind myself that it came out before COVID-19 because it just feels like it was the perfect song for the time that we were going through. Yeah, it happened. that was an accident. We wrote <laughs> it in July of 2019. So we did not know our song about the hypothetical catastrophe making all your reasons not to talk to the people you love seem like bad reasons would then become significantly more real when we were no longer in a hypothetical catastrophe. Yeah, these days I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm going like, yeah, no, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I remember feeling that just a few months ago. So what it, what like really excites you about If the World Was Ending? What makes this song for you? Oh, I could answer that question so many different ways. The first two that come to mind are I got to share it with someone I love. Yeah. Uh, having the first major success of my career be beside Julia was an incredible blessing, um, both in that joy is always a little bit bigger when you get to share it, and two, because I think I would have crumbled without the support of my very brilliant, you know, experienced girlfriend in, in our field. And two, I am so grateful that the first song in my career that made this kind of impact was a song that I love in a song that is exactly the kind of music I want to make. Because if the song that had popped off was not the kind of music that I was interested in making, I would be in a confusing spot right now. Yeah, it's really nice that other people like what you like as well, so that you can actually keep on making it. Kenton, one of the the most meaningful realizations I made as a creative was that if I'm aiming for someone else's taste, I'm Mm going to lose. Mm -hmm. But if I can aim for my own taste and get it right... I just need to remember that I'm basic (laughs) and my taste is basic. And if I can make myself love my own music, other people are going to love it too. Because my favorite musicians are Beyonce and Coldplay and John Mayer, people who are extremely famous. So I don't need to be trying to make anyone else love it. If I can make myself love it, I just have to trust other people are going to agree. Yeah, that is not a bad place to be at all. Now, kind of from the outside, it looks like... You came out of nowhere and are this giant success out of nowhere. But I, I think it was like Lionel Messi or something who said it took him 17 years to become an overnight success. So what was that what Was that journey for you? What was the time leading up to this? Well, I mean, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19. So I have been working on this for a while. Yeah. But the truth is it took me a long time to know what it meant to be myself in a song. I mean, it took me a long time to figure out what it meant to be myself, period. And then it took me, first it was like figuring out what it means to be myself, then figure out what it means to be okay with myself. That right. was a long process. 
still in process on that one. Um, and then figure out what it means to be myself in a song. Um, that took a long time, but exactly as long as it should have taken. I would not have made it happen any faster because I've loved every era of my life up to this point. And now I get to arrive at talking to people like you who get to ask me questions about my album, which is the coolest thing because I spent a long time making music that no one cared about at all. <laughs> so the fact that now you know I get to, on my album release day, be talking to people about it and sharing is a, is quite a trip. And yes... Uh, Lionel Messi is right is in, in his interpretation of an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and any any music teachers you want to shout out that helped you along the way? Uh, sure, Mika Barnes, one of my very early performance mentors, vocal coaches, incredible singer himself and performer. Robert Scott, one of my first piano teachers. I'd say the two of them had the, the biggest influence on me as a growing up in Toronto, trying to trying to be a musician. Well, dang, they got to be proud now for sure. Is this what you always wanted to be? Obviously, I mean, you would have done music as a young person, but was this kind of always the goal was pop star? No. Uh, it went baseball player, okay, basketball player, astronaut, activist, musician. I was not nearly athletic enough to be a athlete, not nearly... Uh, academically intelligent enough to be an astronaut. I graduated. I barely graduated <laughs> high school. I really think I probably wouldn't have graduated high school if it wasn't for a generous grade 12 math teacher who mm -hmm. gave me a 51 on a final exam because he was like, he doesn't need to know this. I'm not going to fail him and yeah. keep him graduating because he's clearly not even going to college, didn't get into any colleges. I told my parents I was taking a gap a gap here <laughs> to move to Los Angeles. So I think it was like three or four years they were still they still kind of held on to he's in his fourth gap year. Um, so now I, I think now the, the realization that I I'm just, I've just pursued music has sunk in. Yeah. Now that you're into your ninth gap year, they can be relaxed knowing you're a success. I think, I think this year has been a, had a calming effect <laughs> on any remaining feelings they had that choosing music was going to ruin my life. Yeah, of course. Now, uh, um, just famously, as you mentioned, dating Julia Michaels, who is incredible and has a stunning career already. And obviously, of course, on If the World Was Ending. Now, we could get into the start of your relationship, which I think is fascinating as well, uh, basically writing this song, which is pretty neat. But what's it like being in a relationship that's under a microscope? Because that's got to be odd. It is a, a self-administered microscope, sure, so yeah. it's it's not as challenging as you may think we get to point the microscope wherever we want so y'all know what we want you to know are you, are you ever tempted to be like oh yeah julia yeah no no we had a huge fight yesterday just to you know throw people off it's actually never happened oh well that makes it easy then two years in we've yet to have a big we've yet to have a huge fight in two years well then we're waiting for the big one then i i appreciate your optimism <laughs> Kenton. we 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 lived together through the entire pandemic and we've yet to have a huge fight i guess we're due Either you're due or you just kind of, like, made it. We should set a follow-up date for this interview just sure. to see how long we can make it without a huge fight. Outside of, of music, any hobbies? Any, what, what, what gets you out of bed? I'm extremely competitive at silly games. Okay. Like, I will crush you at Bananagrams. I love board games. I love Boba. I love Jeopardy. I love bowling. Anything dorky, really, I, I mess with. 
All right. Well, if you're ever in the area, then we can get a game of like lawn darts or something dumb, and then we can get competitive on that. That sounds really fun. But I, you have to know, I'm I'm only competitive in the things that don't matter. In my <laughs> career, I'm not competitive at all. I'm I'm rooting for you. I want all of us to win. We all have our own thing to say, and I think it's all valid. And I'm just not competitive in my art at all. I think competition is a an unhealthy part of the creative process. But if we're playing like Ticket to Ride or something or Monopoly, I am vicious. I love it. I love it. Finally, Junos, uh, obviously just a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. I mean, um, just obviously one breakout artist of the year, but nominated for Fan Choice Award, Single of the Year, Songwriter of the Year, Pop Album of the Year. I mean, looking at the nominations, it's, it's basically you and The Weeknd. <laughs> That's got to feel okay. I mean, I lost two two of the awards I lost to The Weeknd, one of the awards I lost to Bieber, and one I lost to Shawn Mendes. Big fan of all of them. Yeah. So quite quite honored to come up short uh, in all of those categories because, yeah, I mean they're all they're all quite awesome. So yeah, no, it, it all it all went the way it should have. I think. I mean, the award ceremonies have been such a trip for me overall that I'm just there, kind of chuckling at just chuckling with joy at the fact that they've invited dorky ginger Canadian me to their event. So to be honest at the Grammys, I was terrified at the possibility of winning (laughs) because there would have been a lot of very powerful fandoms who would have been pissed with me to have the Taylor Swift fan base, post Malone fan base, Beyonce fan base. Like I would have not have wanted to make them angry. And I don't think it was, it was my time to win yet. You know, maybe this album, maybe the next album will get back there, but I think everything has gone exactly the way it should have. Okay. But that's a really good question. Of all those fan bases, which one do you think is the scariest? Like, if you had to pick one of the fan bases you want to go up against the least. You know, so I my 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 fan base is referred to as the home team. Okay. And the home team are pacifists. <laughs> we are pacifists. We will never, ever be beefing with another fan base. We are, we are loving to all. We appreciate anyone who's passionate about any kind of music. We just want to be friends. Well, that fits perfectly with Kenton Dick, the Mennonite. So really right up that pacifist alley. Perfect. Thank you so much for chatting, JP. And, uh, that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mennonite for sure. Sh- uh, Kenton Are you Dick. Really a Mennonite? Very much so. Dick, Hildebrand, cool. Peters, all of that is Mennonite for sure. I, I, I cannot say I'm well versed, but Fair. I appreciate your time. Thank you for caring about my album and for telling people about it. I'm so excited for your, all the music that's coming out. So we're looking forward to playing it. Thanks a bunch for joining me. Thank you so much for having me.